At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Well, Matt, what did we discuss in today's show? Oh, we're going to take a look at a bringer trailer auction, and then we're going to chat about a new uh, Ford Mustang EcoBoost high performance package. And Ford v. Ferrari. I yeah, finally saw good. it. I have thoughts on that movie, so I finally got a sneak preview of it. First, Continental OE Technology Series. You can find weird things in your car. Yeah, I'm pretty good about this stuff, but I I didn't have (laughs) coffee mugs rolling around in my car. What else can you find? Well, you'll find Continental Belts, but uh, I bet you didn't know they're OE on millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW. VW and GM Vehicles, Continental is launching the aftermarket multi V-Belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series, fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Continental OE technology series multi-V-Belt. The belt with the OE pedigree, and you can get the full story at oetechnologyseries.com. That's oetechnologyseries.com. Well, welcome to Castro CarCast. I'm Adam Pearl. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Hello. So much car-related stuff to uh, talk about. I can't believe it, but uh, I saw Ford v. Ferrari yesterday in yeah. a special screening. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, I uh, asked if I could bring a date, basically, and they said no. So uh, it was just me, although I did sit next to uh, Nate Adams, who we do our movies with, and I shall be talking to those guys, uh, which is uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon, uh, soon. I think it's November 1st at the Peterson so, so much, uh, so much, so many thoughts on that. Um, we're also uh, just sort of looking on bring a trailer. There's a Lamborghini 400 GT 2 plus 2, 1968, uh, with about 10 minutes left in the sale. It's at 320 grand. So we're curious, and we're curious how that we've always kind of hypothesized on what some of the higher end cars would yeah, do on yeah. bring a trailer. And I always kind of said to Matt, Hey, with the 10% VIG and people kind of knowing the prices of cars, I, I think they'll do quite well. Yeah. 
So uh, we'll, I'm already happy with the number that it is now. Like 320 is is heading in the right direction. Like I'm I'm I mean it's not great. It's not terrible. Like it's yeah, it's a pretty good number. And this is part of uh, bringing trailers new. I don't know premium program or something. Right. The cars go up for 15 days. I and I if you check it, some of the stuff works pretty well. Some stuff disappoints. But in general, I'd give it a thumbs up. Like it's a it's a maybe you know they have to be happy with how it's working. So. Uh, I just saw Ford v Ferrari. Um, it's the movie is about Christian Bale, but it's really the Carol Shelby story. Carol Shelby is kind of the guy who drives the story, and Christian Bale's kind of the guy you care about. If that makes sense, me I. I don't I'm trying to think of other movies I've seen that I could compare it to but what I'm saying is is Shelby is the guy who is the central theme of the movie but Christian Bale is the one you care about uh his yeah. his Ken Miles is the one who you're finding out about the wife and the kid and the trials and the tribulations but yeah. Shelby's the guy who's sort of the engine pardon the pun behind the thing yeah so um it's very good um the christian bale thing not nominee um i'm sure he's going to get nominated um i think that matt damon may get a nod for carol shelby uh he just comes across as the most interesting dude on the planet uh we don't get to know Carol Shelby when I mean his love life, his family, his kids or whatever. It, right. That's the Christian Bale part of it. Okay. Shelby's the mover shaker guy. And um, the guy who's kind of interesting that I was trying to look up is uh, Tracy Letts, who plays Henry Ford II. I don't think I know that actor. Nobody knows <laughs> that actor, although people go, oh, he's from this and oh, he's from that. Uh, that guy, Letts. That guy is Henry Ford II. I don't say he steals the show, but there could definitely be a supporting actor nomination for uh, except Tracy you Lance. have you have Damon and Bale. They're probably going to take the actor and supporting actor nods. But I don't know that Bale or Damon would fall under the heading of supporting actor. Like this movie was two and a half hours long, and they were in every scene. Yeah. So it, you'd be hard-pressed to— you, Can you do two from the same movie? Can you do a lead act? I don't know if you could do lead— I think you— I Can think, you? I think you can. Uh, uh, who, the, who the hell knows? What the hell do yeah. I know? I think the studio would be like, we're going to go for lead and supporting because we don't want them to compete, and we uh, want them both to win. He was in right? Lady Bird and The Post, and uh, that's why they call it acting, man. He is a, he is a great Henry Ford, and— he comes across as uh, he comes across as just a taskmaster bully kind of whatever with but but with a heart you know like kind of yeah. nuanced really wants to win gets insulted by Ferrari the guy who played Ferrari was great too uh, the movie James Mangold I, I mean the movie looked really yeah, good yeah. like all the shots all the he lighting. has kind of like, a stylistic thing after Logan I think he won a lot of hearts and. Uh, uh, you know, like as a talented director going, oh, James Mangold crushed it with Logan. The stuff looked good. <laughs> uh, the period stuff, you know, kind of like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, 60s Venice Beach. 
you know, how could you go wrong? Yeah. It just yeah. looked great. Although I didn't see that when I'm waiting for Rambo. You also, uh, <laughs> you, you also just kind of realize just simpler times, like just in general, yeah. like people drank soda on their porch and just sort of <laughs> left their windows open and stuff. You know, kids played with puzzles, you know, guys, <laughs> yeah. guys like went to work and didn't scream. I'm going to sue your ass. They just sort of went to yeah. work, you know? So you like the movie. You're saying that it's, it's a lot of Matt Damon playing Shelby to kind of get the movie telling the story. But the underlying drama that you really care about is Christian Bale's uh, Ken Miles character. Well, right. yeah, every story, like whenever they do a story where they go, we're doing the story of Jackie Robinson or we're doing the story of Muhammad Ali or like whatever it is, you can't just do a story about baseball and boxing. Yeah. Where's the heart? You know what I mean? Like where, I, I kind of feel like Rush was a little like that because it was kind of pitched as like this is the James Hunt movie because he's the one who died and you you know he's on the poster, but you're like... Yeah, but this was a really good Nicky Lauda movie. You know, right, like Rush right. was a really good Nicky Lauda movie. Without Lauda, you wouldn't have had the you know the, right. the James Hunt stuff. Right, and that movie, which I liked a lot, Rush was is an example of sort of a it's a it's a it's 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 him against him kind of thing, and a little less uh, human story with. The, the son, you know, this is all about Ken Miles and his son and how much his son loves him and how much he loves his mm-hmm. son. And he takes him to the race and his uh, his wife, who's super supportive and loves <laughs> racing. I know, none of it played true to me, but <laughs> it's fiction as far fiction, as you're concerned. Wild fiction. <laughs> but uh, but it was well crafted, well done. Uh, I mean, it was two and a half hours long. It did not feel long. Uh, a lot of the Lee Iacocca stuff was great. And yeah, what was that? The actor's name who played Lee Iacocca. He was in like Walking Dead, and he was in John uh, Barenthal. Yeah, yeah, he was great. I like that dude. I he think was he great. Really brings it all. The Josh time. Lucas was great as Leo Beebe, who oh, was like yeah, head of got, sales or whatever. Lucas was in yeah. It. Like if you if you hear some of those interviews with Shelby that we've done in like our Shelby doc, they'll go like. I, you know he'll he'll say things like, "I wanted the the four twenty seven in there, but BB BB wanted to put Ford motors in, you know, yeah, in his yeah. own motors in." Like he'll say like BB or Leo BB, you uh-huh. know, what I'm saying you're kind of be watching going, "Who's BB?" You know, he's talking about that guy. Um, Josh Lucas played him. Kind of, he was kind of the wiener of the <laughs> of the group. There always has to be the guy who's yeah. kind of the he's the company guy and. You know, Shelby's basically saying, you want to win this race, Lamont, let me make the decisions. And they're sort of like, well, we want this driver instead of that driver. It's basically what all of Hollywood does, which is they go, we love your script. We want you to star in the script. We, we We want to see your vision. And then you show up and they go here's a woman that's going to play your wife. And you go, I don't really like her. And they yeah. go, yeah, yeah, but she's gonna. Yeah, she's, and, and they just start going, and here's your kid. And yeah. you go, I don't, I wanted the other kid. And they go, yeah, but we want, use this one. Yeah. And, and so it's that process. It's that Shelby is kind of that, you know, I don't know. He would be the Seth MacFarlane or the, um, trying to, think of uh, Borat, Sasha Baron Cohen yeah, or something. Yeah. And Ford is kind of 
uh, Paramount or Fox, Fox or yeah. whoever who's saying, oh, no, we love you. We love you. You're the man to do. Like, you're going to get this done for us. And then they just keep showing up with notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then at a certain point, they're rejecting the notes and they're going, you really need to compromise a little. And it's yeah. like, I, don't you want to win the race? Yeah. They don't they don't get it. So it was kind of painted as, you know, Carol was kind of the maverick and uh, Ford were the corporate guys. And Ken Miles was kind of the troublemaker who Ford didn't really want, you know, because like, what if he does interviews and he doesn't says the car's a piece of crap or something like that? Yeah. You know, we can't have that. We need guys we can trust, blah, blah, blah. Um, very well shot. Cool sort of L.A. period, you know, 60s stuff. Um, how are the uh, how are the driving scenes? Driving stuff looked. Looked great. There was a little, the only part they did a little too much of is they would do all the times. Like every time, you know, Miles caught up to the guy in the Ferrari and was sort of neck and neck with him on the Molson straight, they'd be driving, but they'd look at each other. Like, <laughs> and then the guy would go, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, kind of feel like Top Gun eh. did that too. And those guys are going 600 miles an hour. <laughs> I haven't done Le Mans, but I, I've driven enough cars. No one really looks at you. Yeah. They're, just, they're kind of driving, you know, it's not, and it's also like, yeah, that guy's in his car and he's trying to pass you, and then you're in your car and you're trying to pass him. There's not that much like, yeah, you know? grinning and <laughs> yeah, that's like that's movie. It's it's movie stuff where they just get next to each other and they have to look at each other and give them that give them that yeah. sneer. Now, knowing, I mean, obviously the 24 hour war, the documentary, it's a few years old, but it's sort of the true story of this feature film. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people are going to go and watch this film. To compare it to the true story, except car guys will. Mm-hmm. So, what what's your take on, you know, your doc versus this film, or the true story versus this film? Is it is it wildly fun but inaccurate, or did they they do a pretty good job as far as accuracy? To your recollection, well, I don't. <laughs> it's been a few years since we did the Ford versus Ferrari doc. I don't. Twenty four hour war. I don't know everything. Um, I you know there's certain things like they did their three car photo finish yeah right next to each other one two three and the actual photo finish is McLaren sort of darting out what looks like thirty feet in front of everybody else you know they yeah. didn't in real life they didn't really achieve their one two three going across the, the photo, at the exact yeah. same time they kind of spread it out a little bit um, there's a little. Little things like that. Um, I, a, a lot of the liberties in films like this are like conversations with the kid and how often he was hugged and the you know like so that's fine that's the narrative to this. But uh, as far as the racing stuff and you think you know because we when we interviewed Mario and Dreddy we were talking about Rush and they sort of showed the leaderboard but they cut Mario off the top mm-hmm. and and uh, made it far more dramatic by not putting him up there. Yeah, you know, there's a few things like that 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 might stand out. There was uh, there was a couple things. For me, it was more like, um, more like you know, he's at Daytona and they're racing, and um, I'm looking for some uh, for some uh, names. And uh, my friend Chris Darga played John Holman, which was kind of kind of cool. Uh, Charlie Acapu was sitting in front of us the real Charlie Acapu at the movie theater and his yeah. character was in there 
played by a guy named uh, Jack Mullen. And there were little things that made me kind of have thoughts like um, I'm looking for the name and the breakdown of the, the characters, but um, like when I, when they were at, I think it was Daytona before they went to Lamar and they were, they were doing this thing where they were like, sorry, I'm looking for these names. Um, they were, Oh, Phil Remington was kind of interesting. The guy who played Phil Remington, Ray McKinnon. See where he was from. He was really interested. And Phil Remington was the mechanic. And yeah. I went to Dan Gurney's shop, and he's like, right after Phil Remington had passed away, and he's like, that was Phil's workstation. Like, he was still there. They called him Rem. You know, he was still there. Remington had a big part in this, his his character. He was like uh, Shelby's right-hand guy. Um there was like a driver named uh, like Bob Haskins or something, and I, I can't think of it. I'll, I'll think of it. But uh, so I remember making when I was making the doc. So they're like at Daytona, and he's neck and neck with Haskins, and Haskins is in his GT40, and uh, and blah 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 blah. And I'm thinking the whole time, oh yeah, that guy, that guy went to Le Mans, died in practice. Yeah, that was the guy in our doc, Deadwood and. And uh, Sons of Anarchy is what Ray is oh. most known for. Um, in in that's the guy who went out and it started raining, and they said like, "Come in," you know. And he's like, "No, nah, I'm still going to practice in the rain." And he just bl- just balled up his his car. Yeah. In in testing. Now in this movie, do they? No, they don't cover they don't, that. They right. just he's because just right. They don't need the that. drama is around. Right, miles. Right, and I'm looking. Well, do a do a read. Yeah, all right. I'll tell you guys it. about uh, Castrol Edge. You know, Castrol Edge. It's stronger under pressure. Engines can lose up to ten percent of performance due to friction. Castrol Edge with fluid titanium transforms under pressure to keep metal apart and fight power robbing friction to unlock exhilarating performance. It's three times stronger than the leading full synthetic. Three times, fool. <laughs> against viscosity breakdown per the Kurt Orban test and the 5W30 vis grade. Edge formula always exceeds toughest industry standards, but the new and improved formula incorporates the latest technology to make it transform to be strongest when pressure is highest. Check out Castrol Edge. Walt Hanskin. Walt Hanskin is played by Sean Kerrigan. Sean Kerrigan. And Walt, you can look it up, Max Zapata, but I showed up to Lamar and took his GT40 out to Lamar. And I don't think it was like, it wasn't the day before the race or anything. I was, I think it was a few weeks before the race. It was mm-hmm. like practice or, you know, d- whatever session at Lamar. And I do remember in the doc, they just went, he wouldn't come in and he just, just died. Like just raining and yeah. everyone else went like, all right, it's raining too hard. Maybe we should pack it in. He's like, eh, I'm going, I'm going for a few more. And he just destroyed his GT40 and killed himself. Um, yeah, so he was killed in a uh, seven-liter Holman and Moody Ford GT40. Mark so he's II. he's the Holman and Moody driver, right? Sorry. Right. And uh, he was driving in the rain in 1966 uh, during the Le Mans test. A Ford spokesman said his car appeared to have been aquaplaning on the wet track, leaving no way for the driver to control it. Then crew members later said that he continued to push hard in the damp weather, although he had been warned by team manager Carol Smith to take it easy. Right. 
So there you go. It's just said, like, don't do it. Just and don't just do it. And they went and did it. Yeah. And you know, I it's, know, a, what, it's a weird thing, especially in that era. There was guys like uh, 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 Lauda, who is fast in the rain, and then eventually Senna, who is fast in the rain. And it doesn't always work that way. Um, well, what was what was what was Walt? Was he 39, 41? He, like, he 46. Wasn't, he wasn't a kid. I remember. I remember that. Uh, all right, our Lamborghini is up to three sixty eight, yeah, which is good. It's, so it was two eighty this morning. It was seven thirty this morning. It was uh, it was two eighty and it popped up to three twenty, and now it's going. And it's got uh, less than twenty seconds to see if there's another bid that's going to come in, and then it resets the clock. If you guys, obviously, most of you guys listening to this, no bringer trailer, right? But uh, three sixty eight. So it's, it's pretty, yeah, well, it's pretty, I think we're getting to the end here yeah, with let's see, uh, three. See what's going to happen? Two. One. It's going to take a second to kind of load to see if it's like is it is it done or right or or not. But, uh, so you know my my feeling of why three six three six three seventy is good. It's sold for yeah. three seventy. Is yeah, three uh, no? If you put the ten percent buyer's premium onto three seventy, you're over four hundred. Yeah, and people are, people know what the market is, and they're not going to sell. No one's paying over four hundred for that car. Yeah, like I, I was telling you, you know, three seventy five to four, but people, people aren't going over four. Right. Yeah, and and that's so three sixty eight. Now, I, bring a trailer was five percent up to a five thousand max, but I don't know what it is on the premium, and maybe Chris can fish around or something. But what are the fees on these uh, two week premium auctions? Uh, I'm curious, but I think the whole point of bring a trailer is to to not be as as expensive as some of the more conventional auctions. But three sixty eight hammer price, if you will, is uh, you know it's good. That was a nice yeah. car. It's a good car. Yeah. Um, all right. So you did the uh, Sausalito Ford drive. Yeah, I went up to. Uh, I flew into San Francisco. We went to Sausalito. We went to the oh, same. I'm sorry, just for one uh, quick digression. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. A lot of their filming at Willow Springs, and uh, they did Ken Miles driving his Cobra at Willow Springs, and it's kind of cool. It's like there's Bondurant in the Corvette, you know, yeah. he's going to pass Bondurant in the names Gurney and yeah, you know, all yeah. these these names that we know and we've covered and have interviewed. And it was really cool because they did this big extended cool race scene at Willow Springs, which couple things willow springs looks exactly the same now as it did then like i mean <laughs> yeah. the, the same built there's one or two little brick buildings you know block buildings that just have people wear 60s garb and park a fair lane in front of it yeah it's, like, it's, it's all it's the, same. the 60s yeah it looks the same and also they're doing a lot of like ken miles is driving that car and uh it's his pov and i'm like oh i've turned so many laps on that track that i know exactly what he's doing or where he is like on the track yeah. or, and it was kind of cool because he's like bonderant's in the corvette and i was like i drove a corvette <laughs> and i know exactly what that turn he's on is in yeah. and what it what it looks like and so it was pretty cool they did it seemed like uh they had to do something to simulate riverside which is gone uh yeah but uh, Willow Springs was just kind of their home base right. for all the driving and and racing and th- that sort of stuff. Not not for Lamar, 
obviously. Yeah. But but it was cool. I'm trying to think of the other tracks that they filmed that. I thought uh, our buddy said uh, something on the East Coast, Atlanta or something like that. They did some some shots there, some of the driving stuff there, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't recall well, road, exactly. Road Atlanta has a really long straightaway. Yeah. So that may have been something where they need the Mulsanne straight. Yeah. Anyway. Seen, uh, yeah. Circuit de la Sarth in Savannah, Georgia. That was it. Oh. Georgia. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. What do you, uh, sorry, Sausalito. Yeah. So we were in Sausalito. We, um, we did a Mustang event. I did a Mustang event up there. Um, a while back, we talked about the bullet that we like. Um, I did the event at the same location in Sausalito. It's this, uh, Hotel, um, but the hotels were like kind of bungalows. It's an old military base right on the water, which is a really great location. And they had a nice drive for us. So what we did was is uh, they, they take groups out there in different shifts every other day or so. And uh, drove the new uh, the, the 2020 Ford Mustang EcoBoost with the high-performance package. And the, the EcoBoost is a 310 horsepower, 350 pound-feet of torque. Uh, a Mustang, uh, the two point three liter four cylinder that we that you know is is cool, and uh, this high performance version takes the engine out of the Ford Focus RS. It's a different assembly line, it's a different engine build, um, and they uh, and they put it into the Mustang. I'm not ex- exactly sure how it it, it didn't do the, you know the. The Focus RS is 350 horsepower, 350 pound-feet of torque. In the Mustang, for some reason, it's 332 horsepower and 350 pound-feet of torque. I don't. I never know how that works. Uh, Max Patty, you can. I don't know if it's get a, my phone. I think Sean sent me a dyno sheet uh, a couple of days back. Just speaking of horsepower, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's like an exhaust thing or I, tuning I, I, I thing do, or. I whatever. remember famously that. I may screw this up by a point or two, but famously, the BMW like E46 M3. See, there's the 30. Yeah, yeah. No, what was yeah, the third yeah, one? I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, the uh, the E36. Oh, 46. The e- no, and the, the 40... E46 had 333 horsepower. The M Coupe. Yeah. The flying brake or whatever. The one I like. Yeah, the one the looks most. like a shoe. A little boot. That like three fifteen. That had like yeah. three fifteen. Yeah. So yeah. I was and like, I don't know. It was like an exhaust routing issue or, or something it's like, the like exact that. Exact yeah. same engine, or they detune it a little bit because they're like, we want the M three to be our quickest, whatever, yeah. or something. I don't know if they do it that way for them or I, they, whatever. They but, didn't yeah. get into it. Like the, the engineer uh, spoke a, about this package, and you know, it it. It's cool the way it came together because it kind of came together with just uh, the engineers and over at uh, on the Mustang team that are, you know, working on the weekends and going, hey, let's take an RS engine and put it in here just to see what happens, right? right. And then after they do it, they're like, let's go make a business case to somebody. And, you know, and it's got what a high you, compression head, cylinder head. They run 22 pounds of boost. It's a lot of boost. Yeah. What do you uh, what do you reckon a Mustang weighs over the – what the fuck we were talking about? The RS. Yeah. The, yeah. So um, I think he told us it was two about 200 pounds. I don't think it was quite 250. Heavy. Um, uh, the GT versus the EcoBoost. And this kind of falls into – the the, the uh, sorry the, yeah the eight cylinder versus the four cylinder right but I'm yeah. saying the um, Ford 
Fiesta. Oh, the Focus RS. What does a Focus RS weigh compared to a EcoBoost Mustang? Um, right. These guys will right. have to look it up. I can't say for sure. Um, so we drove uh, – We they have a couple versions there. Uh, they all have the high-performance package, which is this engine. Mm-hmm. And then they had automatics and manuals. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to get into the automatic car. I drove two different manuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I drove was – a manual high performance base model, and then a manual high performance with the optional handling pack. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, is the handling pack is the night and day difference. Really? Um, so the high performance package with this engine is forty nine ninety five. It's called five grand. Um, and for five grand, you get the RS engine, you get some different aero bits and some stripes and this and that and, and wheels and brakes and, and stuff like that. Um, but the handling pack, which is only two grand, you get the Magna Ride suspension and the seats and, and all the, you know, and a different brake That's upgrade. electronic magnet. Yeah, the, the magnetic ride. Right. Uh, Jesus Christ, deal. that's two grand. And, uh, uh, but you get so much more for it. No, like, I know. I and, mean, I remember when that shit was like, you know, space shuttle technology. Yeah. Like crazy, oh, yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the um, dino sheet. And uh, here's the thing. It's like, okay, you want an EcoBoost high performance. You want the RS engine, but you're kind of wasting your time not getting the handling pack because the aftermarket can't really do this onto the vehicle with the magnetic ride and getting it dialed into the computer. Best two grand you'll and ever it's, spend. It really is the best two grand. And it was such a difference in in the uh, in the handling and the, and the comfort. You know what it is? It's like we went up and down uh, all through the winding roads along the ocean, and there's a lot of elevation changes. Mm. It's only 100 pounds difference, 3,500 and change and 3,400 and change. So, so the Mustang is, is 100 pounds heavier, uh, heavier than right. the Focus RS. And then this one is, you know, and then the Mustang V8, the GT, is another like 200 or something pounds more than that, 250 pounds, something like that. Than the Ford Focus, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, they kept saying, you know, the lightness in the front is much more nimble and it really makes a difference on the windy roads. And and you do feel it, but you feel it with the handling pack. So if you say to yourself, hey, what's the price of an EcoBoost Mustang, 26000 and change, you want the high-performance version for five grand extra, is it still significantly less than a GT? Well, think to yourself, five grand for the high-performance and two grand for the handling package because you're killing yourself if you don't get the handling package. Right. You're going to regret it. Right. And those elevation changes are where you really start to feel – the Magna ride. Mm-hmm. It's it's when you when the tire when the front end is lifting off the air and it's stretching. It's mm-hmm. it's that road feel that really makes a difference. So it's a fun car. the The tough sell is this. The tough sell is the Mustang is just so known as a muscle car with a V eight engine and uh, the sound to it. When you start really pushing a turbo four cylinder version of the car. You do start to think about things like uh, anything from Hyundai Veloster or whatever it's called, the, which is supposed to be pretty good for the money. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, Evo and WRX. And, you know, you start getting into that world and Focus RS and Focus ST. And you think it's sort of the, a Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. Um, you start thinking that world. You don't really think Mustang. So right. as far as sound is concerned, you're sort of 
underwhelmed by by the the Mustang, uh, you know, EcoBoost, but it does perform well compared to its competition, being a lot of those front wheel drive. Uh, yeah, my uh, cars. my my feeling would be, I would I I want no front wheel drive in right. the high performance department. I would want right. either all wheel drive or rear wheel. And drive. that's it. This is the rear wheel drive option of the right. four cylinder turbo world. I'll tell you what I would have done differently. Um, real quick was uh, I wouldn't have gone with EcoBoost high performance. I would have put a little more attention into the heritage that I would have relaunched than SVO. Because mm-hmm. we talk about how the SVO was cool in the day for what it represented, the, the, you know, the, uh, with the cool hood scoop, the offset hood scoop. I would have taken this. You have the EcoBoost Mustang. I would have brought back the SVO nameplate. I would have done the little, like, saw, you know, the, the NACA scoop for the, for the turbo. Right. You know, and give it a sort of a cold air thing, like pay homage to that. And uh, maybe done a good one in black like the SVO was. And maybe a little bit of a, a wing kind of thing. Would that have been like an 88 or 84? Uh, oh, that early. Yeah, 84, 85. Because it had like the four eyes the four headlights i gotta tell you with the uh, svo um which was nice in the styling department it was kind of what the capri was yeah. to the mustang was yeah. kind of the svo was to the mustang 5.0 um the svo had some nice styling cues and it's probably because it was a little more euro than american and i remember as a as a young guy who couldn't afford any car and wasn't a fan of a lot of the American stuff, was a little more leaning toward a Toyota Supra or a Z car. Yeah. But I remember looking at the SVO like back in the day and going, now that that's a Mustang that kind of looks kind of cool. It, it didn't have. And then the thing that's kind of funny about it is they did in the SVO – Start to move toward a, a, a little str- s- s- more streamlined. I don't mean aerodynamic. I just mean like a little, s- little smaller in scale and a little smoother and a little more Euro looking and a little more mm-hmm. finesse and a little less muscle. And then, then they put together 25 years of junk after that. <laughs> like they, they, they got, they got close in the mid eighties and then they strung out 23 years of back to boxy basics. And I, they should have just kind of kept evolving yeah. that platform. I think. I think. Uh, you know, at one point they were going to stop the Mustang, and the Ford Probe was going to be the replacement. But they ended mm. up. They're like nobody wanted front wheel drive. I think they kind of missed an opportunity here by not doing an SVO version of this instead of just doing the high po version. I do like they're all. Um, Will come with a, a dash plate with a serial number, so you'll, you'll mm-hmm. get a, a chassis number. It creates a little bit of collectability. But seeing that SVOs are starting to show up at auctions and pull some money, I think this would have been more collectible as an SVO. But um, and people are going to ask the price real quick before we wrap it up is uh, on this topic is is what's the price of this versus the GT? You can't say what's the price of this as it starts to butt up against the GT. You have to look at it as a GT with Magnaride and with a handling package. So there is a separation in right. cost. So if you want a cool turbo four cylinder with rear wheel drive, the high performance version with the handling package is a cool car. Otherwise, get the V8. All right, let me hit uh, betonline.ag, and then I'll give you guys some dyno pull. Yeah. 
numbers from my uh, God. It's, uh, well, it's Newman's '86 uh, championship GT1 championship car, and that's the VG30 turbo engine for you Nissan nerds out there. Uh, Okay, let's see. BetOnline.ag, NFL Weekly Pick'em Charity Contest. NFL and college action continues. Visit BetOnline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Matchups in uh, week three coming up. Uh, Baltimore, KC, Houston, Chargers. Saints at Seattle. Uh, Rams at Cleveland, Chicago at Washington. We've got a $500 in rewards to give out each week to five listeners and 5,000 season-long charity contests. Join the conversation on Twitter, hashtag SportsNetChallenge. That's SportsNetChallenge. Let's see. We got, uh, here's my lock, New England at home versus the Jets. I know you don't know about football. Mm. Final prediction, 33-10, to 10, so lock that in. I'll take the Cowboys, I'll take the Eagles, I'll take KC, and I'll take Green Bay this week. 7 out of 10 so far this season. Use the promo code PODCAST1 and get a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag. Uh, all right, so I got a dino poll number um yeah our uh, <clears throat> finally got the um three liter uh v6 nissan <laughs> engine that's going in the gt1 championship car we've been waiting on for years i guess it seems like forever this is the single turbo uh, uh engine yeah the peak horsepower is 587.4 at 6,800 RPM. At 6,800. Now, you would think running 14 pounds of boost and running off 110 Sunoco fuel, you'd think at 68, there'd be a little more. Like, you'd think the thing would pull into a little more into the 74 to 76 range. I do think some of my other V6 turbo cars would tend to pull past seven. And make more. So I don't know if that's a cam situation or how you exactly do that. Also, 14 pounds of boost is is good, but you could probably turn that wick up a little bit. On the other hand, you know, 600 horsepower under seven grand is always yeah. nice to have. Well, you're essentially a stroker motor. You got a bigger bore and a bigger stroke, I believe, in this, right? So, in like, like any- I really don't know. Yeah, well, we're saying it's. It says it's three hundred and fifty-eight cubic inches, right? Three. No, that can't be it. That can't be right because it says displacement three fifty-eight. Yeah, but three fifty-eight is six and a half liters or seven liters or something, something like that. This thing's one hundred and eighty liters. Yeah, and I think it's more. Like I mean, one hundred and eighty cc's. Yeah. So what what I mean is, it's. I think it's sixty point something per liter. Right, so it's 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 uh, so like it was a three liter punched out to something three. Two? I don't know how much I mean, it was punched theory, out. It's, it's it's you know like you know if you took a I don't know if you took a three hundred two Ford and you punched it out to three thirty one or three forty seven, you're 
arguably making a little bit less RPM and, and a little bit more power. On yeah, the I don't. End, but so. no. So here's what: don't look at 358 in terms of displacement as it pertains to um, cubic inches, because um, what is a five liter? Is that a 302, 302. or a 289? It's a, a 302. 302. Yeah, All right. yeah. So five liter is a 302. Yeah. This is a three liter, which makes it a 180. Yeah. Okay. You feel me? Yeah. So it, it, if it were, it would be a seven liter or just below a seven liter. Oh, well, if it was five, five, eight, five point, it'd be closer to six. Huh? A three fifty one. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, it's five. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. closer to six. Yeah, like five, five, eight, five, nine. Anyway. Uh, sorry, in the movie, the big block was the seven, seven liter, liter. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it's in my It's funny because Chris was reading the Home and a Moody guy that, that died in the rain, and, and he's running the seven liter. I was like, right. oh, he's running he's running the big motor. The big block, yeah. right. Um, so uh, it's about a three liter, and it's making about 600 horsepower, which is, you know, pretty good. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully we'll get the engine pack. So it's 587 horsepower at 6800 RPMs and it's a peak torque of 508 at 5600 RPMs. But man, it, it makes a lot of makes a lot of torque. And the whole the whole big power range like we're we're looking at just the high end of the uh of the dyno sheets from about 4200 to about 6900. So I don't know what it's doing below 4200. But um, but this is the racing zone that you're in here, and this this power band, and it doesn't drop below 400 and essentially 475 pound feet of torque. Like right. it's it's a, it's 475 to 508 the whole time. That's not a big variation. It's a, it's a hell of a lot of torque. Good, I need it. Yeah, you're gonna need it. But as soon as you go below 4200, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? Who, who knows what happens? Knows. All right, so you're going to be driving the Aston Martin, sorry, the Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Urus. Urus. Um, Maybe it's just me. Is Lamborghini Lamborghini getting a little too aggressive in their styling? Like it's a little too sharp. They they made a commitment to it for sure. Yeah. (laughs) That sort of uh, stealth bomber kind of look to it. Right. Um, This one is, is... I'm curious to drive this one because in the world of super high-performance SUVs, I'm hearing now this is the best one. The problem is they keep rolling around in this yellow, and I think the yellow is terrible on this truck. And, I, and, and, and you know, Chris, I, I think you might be showing us ones with a body kit on it, but, um, uh, but I just think um, it's – the yellow doesn't do much. I know a lot of people say Pontiac Aztec when they see it. And I asked Lamborghini, I said, hey, any chance you have something other than yellow? And they said, yes, we actually have a beautiful, like, dark blue. I was going to say, a midnight blue. That's would be what they're sending over. On that, I love on that to car. see, like, a midnight blue with the red interior, sort of like the, the color combination we love, the blue note with the red interior. I'd love to see that. I think it needs a little bit classier color. You don't always have to go, now we're looking at a picture of the blue, that looks great. You don't have to go full Lamborghini colors on this. No. You know, like you don't need to do the yellows and the lime greens and stuff right. on this. Yeah, I mean, right. if you want to get it, that's fine. But I'd like to see some classy colors. And unlike any other Lamborghini, which is, is, is it's great and it sounds good and it's fast, still, you know, it drives like a supercar. And 
apparently Lamborghinis just hitting it out of the park as far as comfort and drivability. So I'm actually curious to to drive this. And you know, who, we've been in the Jaguar SVR. Who's SVRs making their and, engines? Uh, so Lamborghini is part of like Volkswagen, you know, Porsche group and everything. So I, I'm I'm going to say there's probably some shared tech uh, closely with Audi and Porsche. Is it a turbo? I believe it's a turbo eight. And I don't know where the block starts. um, If that's like a Porsche eight or Audi eight, but uh, um, I'm sure there are some, some shared tech there. I've, I, again, I'll, I'll come in with, with more of the research and the specs and the driving impressions of it uh, uh, next week, but it looks cool. It should be fun. Four well, hold on, twi- tease it for a second. I'll let you read it. Let me hit uh, Geico real quick. How about you save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance? Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere. Just go to geico.com, geico.com. 15 minutes could be saving 15% or more on your car insurance. Take the extra money, put it in your pocket. That'll be the most rewarding thing you do all day today at yep. Geico. That is geico.com. All right, Save what do money. you know? All right, it does Thank not you. use Lamborghini's hallmark of naturally aspirated V10 or V12 engines. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's a four liter twin turbocharged V8, a modified version of Audi's uh, four liter V8 engine. It, uh, this engine has application in other VW group cars, including the Porsche Cayenne and Panamera, as well as some of the Audi S Makes RS sense. models. All right, so do you? Yeah, I, I don't know. What does a truck I, cost? Two hundred something thousand? Probably. I'm. Tell me if, what you think of this. I get it. Like it's totally reliable. Yeah. But it's like when I bought my Aston Martin V12, and the guy's like, I was like, "What's the origin of the engine or whatever?" And he's like, "It's a V12. It's like it's like two Ford six cylinder <laughs> EcoBoost yeah. put together." It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Probably not the best selling point. Like if you're selling a custom house, you don't go, this is like two double wide trailers stacked on top of each other. It's like, no. No, I don't want that at all. I don't want that. I don't want to pay 10 times as much money for two trailers. I don't want what's in the loaded Touric in my my Lambo. I want a V12 in my Lambo that I can say is my V12 Lambo engine. Not shares the same base as a bunch of, as the VW vans and shit. Like, I know it's not that... it's fine, but what I'm saying is, I don't know. Like for two hundred and for over two hundred grand, yeah, I want an engine that I can kind of brag about, a little right? Bit. Or at least enough. Like you, you, you get cosmetically, it's going to look different and tuning and stuff. But like, I'd like to dig in and go, hey, does the Touareg have some terrible cast? head and then the lamborghini's got like like a billet cylinder head and four valves and, I, I, and I, custom I, cams like, like how far you, like, does it go i know the guy i know my friend i'm gad you've met him a few times yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. the I lm like whatever lambo whatever yeah yeah the and, it, and it, 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 yeah and it's like well, look at this lambo it's a it's an suv and it's like yeah and it's got a countach engine in it yeah. And it's like, oh, that sounds like the coolest thing. Yeah, that sounds like a cool He thing. ended up, I think, putting a Diablo engine in his. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like, yeah, that, that thing over there, that's got a Diablo engine in it. Yeah. The thing that sits high off the ground. That's what you want. Yeah. And then you go, oh, that sounds cool. And what you want to do is you go, see my truck? It's got the Murcielago engine in yeah, it or yeah. the whatever. I guess, I, guess, I guess they would rather say this is a... This is a Panamera turbo engine, and they're like, all right, I, I can get, a, I can get, a, kind of get yeah, away with that. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's all of hey, look. Once you get above Panamera turbo or whatever, it's all just bragging rights yeah. at that point. You don't need more vehicle. 
All right, Lexington, uh, Kentucky, comedy off Broadway tonight, which is kind of today. I think we're doing like a four thirty show over there, like a, a matinee show. You can uh, check us out uh, doing uh, the live pod there. Napa Uptown Theater. That'll be next Friday. That'll be September twenty seventh. That's me doing stand up. Then, uh, then we got the cruise. Jeez, that's the next one. That's at the uh, West Palm Beach. What the hell with all the travel? Yeah, it's three weekends in a row. For October. You. Gotta uh, make some money. Yeah, man. I got to earn some money. And uh, that'll be at the uh, West Palm Beach, Florida at the Improv there. We're doing a live pod there. And then you can go to amcrolla.com for all the live shows all over the place. Um, and uh, not yeah. Taco Bell material. See the special on Chassis and Amazon and Apple and leave a nice rate and review. Oh, uh, Crank Yankers coming up this. Is it this Wednesday? Yep. Is that correct. September uh, 25th at uh, 1030 Comedy Central after South Park. Nice. What do you got? Uh, Shift and Steer. Shift and Steer. Check it out. And uh, and we did a nice uh, overview of Frankfurt Auto Show with uh, Edmunds.com this this week on, on CarCast. So if you check out the show from Wednesday. So until next time, Adam Kroll for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.